0: everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, DevOps Chat, and you're listening to another DevOps Chat. Happy to be joined today by a a first-time guest on a podcast, so this will be an experience for him. It's Mr. Toby Corbin of IBM. Toby, welcome to DevOps Chat. Thanks,
1: Alan. How are you doing?
0: Doing great and and happy to have you on today's show, Toby. Uh, Rather than introduce you to the audience in terms of your title and role and everything, I thought it would be a good a good icebreaker for you to kind of introduce yourself. So why don't you kind of share with the audience, if you will, you know, what your title is and what that means and kind of what you do with IBM.
1: Sure. So uh, at the moment, I'm technical lead for one of the squads in the Microclimate project. Uh, Microclimate is, uh, is our developer experience, which we're targeting to help Onboard customers and developers into the IBM uh, Cloud Private. Uh, so my role and my squad is we sort of deal with the, the backbone of Microclimate. So we deal with making sure everything runs smoothly. We add in things like uh, analytics and the sort of analysis of application, but we make sure the whole thing sort of runs. So we're kind of like the backbone. So the portal squad that I lead with the backbone of Microclimate.
0: Excellent. So Toby, this sounds. Sort of like an ops role, if you will, right? When we talk about the microclimate. And and you know what? Let's back up. Some of our audience out here may not even be familiar with IBM's cloud private offering. And and I I'm, I don't claim to be an expert. I'm going to assume you know much more than I. But cloud
1: private. <laughs> a little more.
0: <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I, I would hope so. Yeah. Because you're not collecting your check under false pretenses, correct? uh, (laughs) Correct. So, Toby, let's start with that. How would you describe cloud private to our
1: audience? So, we've all heard of public cloud, things like uh, Amazon have a cloud and Google have a cloud, and IBM also have their public cloud. And these are quite large deployments. They're hidden in the ether somewhere. No one knows where they are. And that's where the really, really clever analysis goes on and that computing power that IBM can bring. Cloud private is sort of the onboarding into that. So cloud private is a cloud specifically targeted at an individual customer. So they won't be sharing that with anybody else. There'll be an instance just for them. And they'll have the, the very similar applications and things on there that the public cloud would have. The intention being that when our customers are happy using this cloud private installation, so they don't have to have their own machines, they can have the, the cloud private stuff working for them, doing all their processing. When they're happy having that working, we can then take them up to the public cloud where they get even more of IBM's processing power and they have an even better experience. So it's kind of taking them route from a, a private cloud that's just for them up to the bigger public cloud where although it's still for them, but they don't share with other people, They have a bigger computing power available to them
0: got it so so is it a sort of a way station along an upgrade path or can someone stay on private cloud you know indefinitely
1: oh you can absolutely stay on private cloud you're not forced to go up but obviously as we go up through the clouds the capabilities that ibm can offer you get a lot greater so that's why Often you'd find that the customers would want to be up to the next level because there is an even greater amount of processing and a greater amount of options available to them and to their customer deployments.
0: So they grow into it, I guess. So Toby, yes. I I was under the impression, and maybe I'm wrong, that in private cloud there was also it was a, was it I thought it was a Kubernetes based offering. Is that?
1: True that is correct, yes. So, so IBM's private cloud is all based around Kubernetes. So, it's IBM's flavor. So, it's Kubernetes under the covers, and IBM have sort of made it into their ICP, their, their, their private cloud offering. But it is Kubernetes-based, that's correct.
0: So, it's it's containers with Kubernetes and this whole sort of, you know, the hypervisor, obviously, but now we're starting to see the 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 domination almost of, of Kubernetes kinds of architectures.
1: Yeah, and that's that's how IBM's helping our customers. So we look at, you think of the old way of doing things, you'd have a, a, a web application that was a huge monolith, a giant application that couldn't really go anywhere. Um, with, with IBM's private cloud, what we're looking at is how can we take these applications, deploy them on the cloud, which will free up all the hardware in a, in a customer site. They don't have to worry about those things. And take these large-scale applications and deploy them into a cloud environment. And then it's not just make them work in a cloud environment. How can we work with customers to to actually make them change their applications, to sort of rebuild them, if you like, strip them down, put them back together again as a microservice opportunity. And that's that's where microclimate comes in. That's what wow. we're doing for the developers. It's it's how you create those microservices.
0: Perfect. And and of course, Toby, right? And and. I think a lot of our audiences are familiar with the term microservices and we see microservices being mentioned a lot around Kubernetes, around containers, around DevOps and and cloud and so forth. And so and then and you anticipated my next question, which was when we talk about a microclimate, is that sort of the climate in which we do microservices or perform microservices?
1: Yes. Well, let's say for this, yes. So, effectively, what microclimate is, it's the environment that we want to give to our developers to go from having absolutely nothing to being able to develop their very first microservice, uh, test it, uh, and then deploy it up into production through things like the Jenkins pipeline and using Travis and get it running in their cloud, all without actually having to need any prior knowledge. We we sort of do this all for you. So, so in the past, there was always ways of being able to create an application, and there was always ways of pushing application to a Cloud. But it was several steps, different technologies, you had to rely on the customer having various knowledge themselves. So microclimate is aimed to make this really seamless. You you don't have to use your web browser, it's entirely web-based, but we give you the ways to easily create an application, develop it uh, in the Cloud, in a web-based editor, test adding these performance issues that we're talking about in a second, and then when you're really happy, then get it running in a production environment, all with the with the under the covers work being done for you by Microclimates.
0: That's fantastic. So th- this whole microclimate, if you will, my, excuse me, microenvironment uh, and microclimate, this is all web uh, managed via web browser, all web web based, huh?
1: Exactly, because this gives you the, op- the opportunity that if you are running in the cloud you don't actually have to have anything on your laptop at all everything can be based in your in your ICP installation you need nothing on your laptop to run it which means you can then you know you don't have to have Swift installed or Node installed but you can still go and create and generate Swift and Node and Jar applications without having anything local to your machine it frees up your environment to everything in the clouds so you're straight away using the power of the cloud to your development
0: that's fantastic, and and Toby, it sounds to me even more than that. You know, so I'm old, right, Toby? I've been around a while. And when we first saw microservices and, and containers, to me, you know, this was like Heroku, better than Heroku. It was it was truly moving from infrastructure as a service to platform as a service. So. That if you're a developer and I wanna write stuff let's say in Swift or 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 JS or, or whatever, I didn't have to worry about was that installed, what was the infrastructure like, what was going on and was it installed in the OS level? I could work directly on my application. Is does these sort of microclimate, micro environments is does that represent the is that what that's what this really, you know? represents
1: or is it absolutely oh, yes. So that's that's one of the beauties. So I mean I before coming on to work on microclimates, I was uh, I was doing Swift development and node development and I would have to have the latest versions of Swift and sort of my machine, I have to keep up to date with them to make sure that you know I would have the latest bug fixes done or, or whatever it was to make my application run smoothly. With microclimates, we take care of that whole environment for you. So when you say I want to create myself a Swift application you get a container running with the latest version of Swift. All the, the security patches for that runtime already applied. You don't, as a developer, have to worry about do I have the right installer? Do I have the right versions of the compiler? All taken care of. As a developer, you can now just write code, and we will do the, everything else in the background for you. So it really frees up the developers to do their job and not have to worry about keeping their machines up to date with all the latest patches and runtimes and everything else to do that.
0: That's pretty nifty. Good stuff right there. So, then, Toby, you know, as part of your, uh, you know, you're the team lead with Portal, you had mentioned, and, and, you know, but your whole team and what you're doing, would you say most of the people you're serving are developers, or or do you kind of correspond with the ops team who are still servicing the developers in, within their?
1: Organizations. So, this is where microclimate has nicely evolved. We we started off as being the developer experience. We were the developer experience Sorry. tribe. And we were aimed at how do we nicely onboard the developer from having nothing on their laptop to being able to um, write the first microservice and deploy it to the cloud. But then we quickly realized that we need to have DevOps. So we brought on a whole DevOps pipeline to the back end of Microclimate. So Microclimate is really could be seen as an end-to-end story of two, two either distinct parts, if you like, but they actually work in one. You start with I'm on my laptop, even though I'm running in a cloud environment. So I'm coding on my laptop. I'm writing my first microservice, and then when I'm happy, I use Microclimate to actually send it to my pre-configured Jenkins pipeline. And the back end of microclimate that deals with the DevOps will take that. It will build you on your Jenkins pipeline. It will push to production and you actually go the full end to end now. So microclimate is not just really about writing your first piece of code. Now it's taking any application and pushing it right through to a deployment at the other end and have it running in production.
0: It's end to end. That's beautiful, man. That's really nice. Mm. So, you know, share with our audience, if you can, a little bit. What are the kinds of things that you and your team are actually doing as part of maintaining this, this environment?
1: So one of the things we brought, so as I said before, my, my background in this I actually came from doing a, a, a monitoring, uh, monitoring tools monitoring for things like Java and Node. And we now bring that to MicroClimate. So we can think of things like a performance issue that you would typically see, would you know, like my my CPU is is going mad, it's at 100%, or my disk is thrashing, or I'm running out of memory. And often it's very difficult to know why that's happening, or if it even if it's supposed to be happening. So what we do with with what Breed brings to Microclimate is we bring to the table our analysis tooling that we had outside of of Microclimate. So when you use Microclimate, we actually build in are monitoring stuff. So that means that when you write your very first line of code, we actually start monitoring it straight away. So you don't even have to think about, okay, do I have to monitor my application for performance problems, or I've got my application written, we normally have a a performance team that does this, we give it all to the developer. Because if a developer can see a problem with the line of code they've just put in, for example, they've just coded a new function, when they run that function, their fan goes mad on their on their, on their MacBook and it's thrashing away and thinking, what have I just done? If we can tell them what they've just done at the point they do it, this speeds up development in the future and, and your testing gets quicker because you don't get a performance team two months down the line saying, hey, we've just run your stuff and it performs like a dog and then it comes back to the developer to have to re-find out what they've done. We show you straight away as you type your code in and hit run and do your first test, we can show you what the performance was. So you can see, am I regressing? I can see why my CPU is going mad. I can see why my hard disk is, is lighting up. Or I can see why I'm running out of memory. We build that in for you. So hitting the developer experience right from day one means that, hopefully, when you get to the end and your application deploys, there'll be no surprises around, well, it's not running anywhere near as well as I thought it would. So that's what we bring to microclimates.
0: Got it, like a developer's best friend. So (laughs) we like to think so, yes. Yeah. So Toby, as I mentioned before, I've been around the block a little bit. You know, one of the problems with these, with what you're describing, is, you know, territorial issues. uh, Let's call them, right? Where, hey, man, don't. You know what? I'm the ops guy here for my org, and I'll help my developer. Thank you. Don't be telling. Don't be giving away how secrets telling the developers some of these performance things, uh, you know, performance kinds of, of uh, insights. Do you run into, like, you know, having to deal with sort of pre-existing performance teams, right, With as part of the ops at, at these
1: organizations? Well, not so much, because as we find now, is the, the sort of dynamic of a team is changing. As We go into sort of this more agile world where each team is intended to be self-directing we find by by having smaller teams that that sort of a jack of all trades we we Mm -hmm. get away from this developing 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 testing 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 situation that we we did sort of five ten years ago and this means that much smaller teams can deliver functionality that's that's fit for purpose a lot quicker because you're not waiting for uh, a a longer test run at the end or, or other sort of testing to happen that would typically end up in this sort of loop of either live my code someone tests it it comes back to me to make changes someone tests it, it comes back this is a sort of way development has now evolved so with the agile world smaller teams can do things a lot faster and that's by giving them the tools they need means they can do that but this doesn't mean we put um, test teams out of out of business it were because we aim our stuff at the developer for like the piece of function they've just written or for what that application is doing as a whole, there will always be a need for sort of larger scale teams that need to oversee the entire application. So whereas before, if we take the example of, a, of, the, of the giant WAS monolith, that was one giant application, you might find in today's environment that that's actually seven, eight, nine, ten 10 small microservices. So a developer would be working on one microservice and, he'd get the performance stats back from that microservice in isolation. But what about the bigger picture? What about when all 10 of those are working together? How do you get the overall view, overall view of your of your microservice environment that's 10, 20, 30 things all talking to each other? So that's where you still have um, DevOps teams and other teams working on that. And there's software for that as well. So as an example, there's Prometheus that's, that's an open source monitoring solution that's, that's very good at taking data from different sources. And then what we do with the stuff that we add into the applications at the developer level so that the monitoring solutions that we put into MicroClimate for the developer, that will actually talk to Prometheus, which means that if the developer is happy seeing their code running and their, their single microservice view of the world, all looks good. Yes, my, my database function is performing as I expect it to. I'll now put it into the cloud, where there's 20 other microservices running, all talking, and Prometheus that can sit over above of all this can now take the data from each of those 20, and the data they'll be taking will be the same data that the developer has already been seeing when running it locally or in the small view. We just pass it up through. So this again gives the developer an easy way of seeing, or actually in fact this guy, the SysOps guys, what their applications are doing, without any additional changes because the code has been in there from day one to provide this information. But that's one of the hardest things about monitoring. It's it's how do we get at the data? If you can get at the data, there's plenty of ways to visualize it. All sorts of fantastic tools. I mean even the simplest of just writing out to the screen. It's always a case of how do get the information. So we build that information in from day one. And that's that's what makes microclimate so cool as it were because it's just there for you. And no matter what sort of environment you run in, we'll be able to make the data available to see the performance at any level.
0: You know, Toby, that's excellent. Hey, when we started, before we started recording, I told you, you're going to be surprised when I tell you, hey, we're going over time. So Toby, we're <laughs> way over. Um, that was a difficult interview. It was pulling teeth to get you to talk to us. But, <laughs> I'm um, sorry. <laughs> no, not a problem. Toby Corbin, IBM's uh, microclimate Developer Experience Tribe. Thanks for being our guest on DevOps Chats today and, and continued success with the uh, private the cloud private team at IBM. Thank you very much for having me on, Alan. My pleasure. This is Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com. You've just listened to another DevOps Chat.